Leaning toward wisdom. 57 things to sell when you're ready to retire. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Me, my name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for clicking play. I don't know if you're ready to retire or not. Me, I'm never going to retire. Can't afford to retire, man. You know, keep working. Cash flow in life, man. That's the name of the game. Yeah, today it's going to be another headline, right? 57 things to sell when you're ready to retire. I'm not sure it's going to be 57, but I don't know. We'll see how far we get. If you're not inside the private Facebook group, you should. You're invited. Just go to the website, leaningtowardwisdom.com. Click on that Facebook icon. It will take you to the group. One question, only one question. And I think I've already given you the answer. Ah, if I haven't, you'll, you'll get the answer anyway. Only the trolls and the spammers don't get, don't get the correct answer. So I'm doing my usual thing, catching up on end of week stuff and got my browser open and I don't know. I don't know where it appeared. It appeared somewhere. Start seeing various and sundry headlines, many of them about personal finance, which is kind of a theme here recently. And I guess I could tell you why it's not that I'm ready to retire, but we are at retirement age. Now there's a, here's the thing, no plans to retire, never have thought about retiring. Don't want to retire. It's not that I don't want to spend time with family. It's none of that. It's not that I love work more than family and it's not any of that. It's. I, I want to be productive. I want to earn income. It's not a money grab. It's just a, it's simple financial mathematics. It's what does it cost to live in any given month? Can you earn that much money and more for that month? That's what I mean by cash flowing life. So I see this article and the article does not say 57 things to sell. That's an old Steve Martin joke, by the way. And if you don't get it, then Google it and you will. Uh, it, it didn't say 57 things to sell when you're ready to retire. It did say 25 things. And I have been an unabashed fan of minimalism for a long, long time. And I jokingly say I'm just not practicing minimalism right now. But one of the things that we tend to think about as we get older is downsizing and people that I know that are 
Oh, uh, let's let's say in their well in their fifties. I think something happens when you hit fifty, and even more so when you hit your mid fifties, and it's just like you just start. Well, for one thing, you're now an empty nester, and you realize that a you've got more space than you live in. B, you got way more stuff than you need. And some of us, it's interesting. It seems to go in one direction or the other. Some of us, my hands in the air, really have a, as Barney Fife would say, a compulsion to, I don't know, to neaten up, to get rid of stuff, to not just downsize our physical space, but to downsize the possessions. There's just this yearning that I have to just simplify. Just, I just want life to be simpler, which means just less stuff, less clutter, all of that. I've also seen people go the opposite direction. They just, it's just more stuff. It's just, it's clutter, clutter, clutter. And that seems to be more the norm, doesn't it? You go to the home of older folks and it's just, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff, right? (laughs) More often than not. So at the top of the list, as you might well know, or guess, among the things to sell when you're ready to retire or when you're ready to downsize or when you're ready to simplify or when you're ready to declutter or when you're ready to fill in the blank of something of that ilk. Well, your house is probably going to lead the parade. And that certainly is true in this economy. So a big component of this though, is if you're going to sell your house, well, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? The podcast that I do with Dennis Simpson, hot springs village inside out over at hsvinsideout.com. Clara Nicolosi is the owner broker of Remax of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. And we're talking not long ago. And she said, you know, one of the first things that we have to ask people who are about to sell their home is where are you going to go? Because so many people haven't really thought that through. And these days, people are getting very, very creative about it, up to and including RVs. Because some people, they they don't necessarily have a house to buy. They're wanting to sell to try to maximize what they can get out of their existing home. But that much they know they want to do. But beyond that, they they may not have thought it through. So Clara said, you know, part of our job is to is to help these people think it through. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to, we're, if we get offers on this thing, which we hope to get sooner than later, and we close on this thing and we hope to do that sooner than later, you're going to have to have a place to go. So let's, let's think about where that would be. Once you get to where you're an empty nester, it doesn't have anything to do with retirement, but once you get to where you're an empty nester, it's, well, where do you want to live? And it's not just where you want to live, but it's how do you want to live? You're flipping the script because as a young couple, 
you don't need that much space. So you start out and you got some small apartment or whatever, and then the kids come and well, now we need bigger. And now we got to pay attention to the school district. We didn't much care about that before. We just, we got a place that was around certain things or certain people or certain neighborhoods, but we didn't have kids. We weren't thinking about schools. And now you got kids and you're thinking about schools. And now you're back to where you were when you first got married. No kids. It's just you. And what are you going to do? Where are you going to be? Schools. I mean, yeah, we want good schools for the next generations that are coming up, but we're not, we're not being compelled to move to a certain neighborhood because of the school systems, because, well, we no longer have kids in school and the kids that are in our life that are in school, they're the grandkids and they don't live with us. Now, if they do, and that's worth discussing here because sometimes that's the case. Sometimes grandma and grandpa are raising the kids. And if grandma and grandpa are raising the kids, then guess what? added burden. I listen, I'm not talking about that kind of a burden. It that's true enough, but I'm talking about the added burden of having to really pay closer attention to where you live because now you likely do care about the school system. And you likely do care about that one extra bedroom that if you didn't have the grandson or granddaughter or grandsons and granddaughters, you don't have to worry about it. For most of us, typically it means we sell our home and now we've got money. We've got this war chest. Okay, it may not be much of a war chest, but it's something. And we can buy a smaller place. Increasingly, I am hearing of older folks, especially here in the DFW area, who are choosing to not buy at all, but to rent. Now, I think part of that is because of the real estate conditions and just how accelerated the pricing has become for real estate. But that is also applied to rent. But with rent, you're not tied down. You sign a six-month lease, you sign a 12-month lease. At the end of the lease, you want to re-up? Go ahead. You want to walk away? You want to go somewhere else? You can. Now, there's a ton of variables here when it comes to selling your home, none of the least of which is where is the family? And do you care? Where's the family? For those of us who are parents, it's, well, okay, where's the kid? Where are the kids? Where you know, do we want to, do we want to be by them? And then there's all kinds of other variables because I've mentioned it before. I think on the podcast, the kids could be at various stages of their career and their life. I'm thinking of somebody and they've got a daughter who's on the East coast and she's, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but she's, she's within five years from being out of college. So she's, She's still in kind of the early throes of, of her career. Uh, she's got a serious boyfriend. He does not live where she lives and they are not yet married. So this daughter's got quite a bit up in the air. 
son is in Portland, Oregon. Son is about five years older than the daughter. Obviously, a little more solid in the career. Married and a newborn. But he's on job number three, maybe four, because he continues to climb up the ladder. He's ambitious, he's talented, and he gets lured away and does what, well, many of us would if, if we still could. He, he takes the money and he takes the opportunity. And sometimes that has meant moving, which is why he's currently in Portland. Problem. He may not stay in Portland. So you got mom and dad. Here's the kids. Where do you go? We go to we we follow Junior to Portland, and the next thing you know, Junior's not going to stay in Portland because somebody in New Jersey throws a bunch of money at him, and he and his bride talk about it, and they think, yeah, you know, right now it sees the day. Okay, now mom and dad are stuck in Portland, and both kids are now on the East Coast. Different parts of the East Coast, but they're still on the East Coast. Okay, well, then do you do, go to where the daughter's at? Serious boyfriend. He doesn't live where she lives. She's early in her career. Not likely going to be the only job she ever takes. Likely not going to be the last place she lands. So that's kind of, so what mom and dad decide to do is increasingly what many grandparents and parents do. And here was their debate. Do we just go where we want to go? And one of those destinations, by the way, included being out of the country. It included possibly Mexico, Costa Rica, right? I mean, they're thinking we like it. It's tropical. Money goes further. Yeah, it's quite a way away from everybody, but they're thinking, you know, they can come visit. We could go visit. So that's a consideration. And you can think, well, why not? Another consideration was, okay, let's think about the central time zone. Let's think about the middle part of the country. Where in the middle part of the country might we want to be? And we might want to be somewhere where air travel is not inconvenient. Okay. I mean, frankly, both of those made sense to me. The third one was kind of like the first one, and that is just, is there some place in the States that we, we, we love and we would just like to move there no matter where the kids are. And so that's the current dilemma. Oh, they haven't decided yet as far as I know. So they're still considering being expats and moving out of the country somewhere, moving somewhere in the country that they love being centrally located. They are not even considering moving to follow junior or his sister. They've removed both of those options off the table. So they know no matter any of those options that they choose, going to sell their house, need to sell their house. They kind of would like to know. They would kind of like to have the next step figured out before they do that. Makes sense. Makes sense. This is where everybody's situation is completely different. 
and you've really got to get in touch with, okay, what, what do you want to do? I mean, come on, leaning toward wisdom is largely about figuring it out. Now, in this case, it may be figuring out something that doesn't even apply to you right now. That's fine. I get it. We're all at different phases. We're different stages on the timeline of life. And maybe you're thinking about selling your house for a variety of reasons. Maybe you're not. I mean, here in DFW, there are people who are thinking and, and have thought, and there are a number of people, the urban way of living is a, a much more real thing now than it was, say, 20 years ago. It does, if you're talking about downtown Fort Worth or downtown Dallas, there are a lot more people living in those areas now than have maybe ever. I mean, th there are big buildings and super nice places. Now, granted, some of these, the, the, the starting price is a million bucks, but you can find a number of older people who went to the suburbs, raised the kids, got the kids educated, and now kind of attracted to that downtown Fort Worth scene, that ability to be in a pedestrian kind of a driven area and sell the house armed with a war chest. Now we buy an apartment downtown or we rent an apartment downtown. We ditch the car or at least we ditch one car and it's just a completely different life. And so you, you see that I'm really fascinated by not only our life, me and Rhonda, but I'm fascinated by people as we get older and some of the dramatic changes that, that people are willing to take. And it kind of makes me smile inside when people talk about, oh, you know, older folks and they, you know, change is really hard. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I know more older people who are making dramatic changes in their life, which includes selling quote unquote, the old home place. I mean, big changes, big psychological changes, big financial changes, big lifestyle changes. I mean, when, when a couple in their sixties in their late sixties is considering Costa Rica and they've never, ever lived outside the States. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me, well, yeah, you know, they're, they're older and they're real resistant to change. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So home is number one on the list. And for good reason, it represents the biggest chunk of money that you could get. Now you have to replace it with something, whether you buy, whether you rent and whether you buy where you're at or whether you go somewhere that's more affordable. This list listed work clothes, which to me seems kind of ridiculous because, well, I don't know what are work clothes. I mean, work clothes used to be, you know, the suit and the tie and all. Okay. Well that, that ship sailed. So selling your work clothes, it's highly probable that your work clothes and your ordinary everyday clothes are probably the same thing exercise equipment. Well, I don't know. Do people have exercise equipment? Maybe they do. Maybe they do. 
maybe I've just been in a big city for too long. I mean, there's a, there's a gym on every corner. It seems there's plenty of places to go and work out. And many of them are very affordable. I, I, I guess people have treadmills and stuff at home. I, you listen, I, we see if you follow Troy Aikman on Instagram, yeah, Troy's got a huge workout room. He's Troy Aikman people. Of course he does. He should, but you're not Troy Aikman. I'm not Troy Aikman. So I don't, okay. Sell exercise equipment. Now, many of us used to always have, I think somewhere I have got, um, oh, what was the, it was the cross like cross cross country skiing kind of a thing. I've gone brain dead on the brand name. You know what I'm thinking of? I think one, I think I've got one of those in the storage shed somewhere. I did. I used the snot out of it for a good long while, but yeah, there's that you can sell exercise equipment. I mean, I don't know how much exercise equipment you've got. So, but part of this is to generate money. I think also part of it is just getting rid of the stuff you're, that you don't use your car. Well, see, this would have made number two on my list. They didn't put this in numerical order because of next to your home. It's likely the, it's likely the most valuable asset that you've got. Well, if you can call a car an asset and I guess you can, you know, many of us, we go from, okay, well, do we need, there's two of us. Do we need three cars? In many cases, you realize, you know, we probably don't even need two. We just need one. And it's very possible that we're not driving as much. Now, every, everything is different if we're raising grandkids. If we're raising grandkids and we're shuttling kids just like we did when we were parents. And so this is where your situation, you got to really take it into account. But I guess if your car is paid off, if you can jettison a car, save the expense. I mean, there's a ton of expenses that are associated with cars. And now with gas prices being what they are, there really is. But it's an option. It's an option. But again, like everything else, we kind of have to think this through. Okay, well, how's that going to impact your life? How's it going to impact the way that you live? Okay, if I'm living in a high rise in downtown and, and I can walk everywhere I need to go and I don't drive, maybe the kids live in the area and they come and get me or... I take an Uber or something to go visit them. We just got to think all this through furniture. Okay, boy, this is a big one. This is a big one, especially if you're considering downsizing. And many of us at this age, we are okay. Well, if you've got a large home, you got four bedrooms and you got furniture in every bedroom and you're going to go to something smaller a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, and you've got formal dining room furniture, and you've got a hutch, and you've got, I will include in furniture, dishes. Like lots and lots and lots of dishes. I mean, if you've got silverware, 
or flatware, I guess they call it. And you've got plates and place settings for 10 people, for 12 people. And you just don't do that anymore. Man, we've got, we've got plates and flatware that haven't seen food in years. Ron has been getting it all out and taking pictures and listing some of it. And ditto for furniture. I was talking with somebody the other day and they were talking about needing to get their third storage unit. I'm like three, how big are these storage units? Oh, I don't know. You know, 10 by 10, maybe a little bit bigger. Really? Well, you know, like how much you, how much you paying for one of those storage units? I like two fifty a month and you've already got two. Yeah. So $500 a month. Yeah. And, and you're going to get a third one. $750 a month for storage. I'm like, you know, I don't think I've got anything nice enough to do that. I mean, cause then you, you've got, you're just adding to the cost of furniture that probably isn't worth all. I mean, I, I get it. If you've got, if you've got a antiques and they're worth something, you got high end furniture. I was trying to figure out. Our newest piece of furniture. I wonder what our newest piece of furniture is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because quite a bit of our furniture, we kind of got it all at the same time. And it was easily, easily 12 to 15 years ago. So you're thinking, okay, I got furniture that's 12 to 15 years old. And I'm not talking about classic stuff. And I'm not talking about custom handmade high-end wood you know super well finished kind of I'm, I'm just i'm talking ordinary decent furniture and i'm like okay so you're gonna invest hundreds of dollars a month to store the stuff and then when you pull it out of storage you relocate now you're gonna pay to move it somewhere like i'm i'm not sure that's worth that I'm not sure if it's not a better deal to just sell it, get what you can, and then buy what you need when you need it. I mean, I could be wrong, but it's how I'm kind of looking at things and approaching things, especially if you're going to say leave town. So you got people that, okay, they're going to get out of a big, big city and they're going to go somewhere that's a little more serene, let's say a little more country. So you're going to hire a mover. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of some people that I know that have, have hired movers. They've confessed it after the fact. So they sell their house. They do some decluttering. They put the, they put a lot of stuff in storage. They sell the house. They find a house somewhere else, four States away. Now they hire movers. They pay thousands of dollars and they go and they, they empty the storage units load it all up in a truck, drive it four states away, unload it, and then realize we don't need this. And then they sell it. And I'm like, you have invested so much more money in this thing over the course of that time period. You would have almost been better off just burning it, just setting it on fire. <laughs> but see, these are the things that we just, we we don't always think about 
we're just we're we're thinking we're not thinking with in dollars and cents terms. We're we're just thinking we have that we're liable to need that. Yeah, but four states away, you don't think they got furniture stores? You don't think they got Facebook Marketplace? You don't think they got Craigslist? You don't think they got I, secondhand stores? I mean, whatever. You can go buy this stuff and it's right there. You don't have to pay to store it and pay to relocate it from where you are to four states away. Hey, you can, come on. It's our life. We can do what we want. Decorative items. That made the list. We got a neighbor and every holiday, and I'm talking about not big holidays. I'm talking about minor holidays. I don't know. What could a minor holiday be? Let, lest I offend someone by naming a holiday, I won't. But you know what I mean. I don't just mean Christmas and Halloween, for instance. I mean many other secondary, if not tertiary, holidays. Full-blown, full-blown yard, yard decorations. And I'm like, I have no idea where they store these things. I mean, the whole yard. And I'm not talking about just some little stick this little something in the ground kind of a thing. I'm talking about like big display things. Now, it's fine. I'm not offended by it in any way. I just look at it with amazement that who's got who's got a decoration for I got to look at my calendar app to figure out wait a minute. What what is this holiday? I mean, what what are these decorations they've got? And then I look at the count and oh, okay. Well, there you go. It's it's who knows? National Potato Week. I don't know, but they They've got their bases covered. I just look at the investment that they've made and I think about the space. Well, and being the kind of the lard butt that I am, I think about the effort. So you got to go dig those things out of storage. And occasionally you catch them doing it. Not very often. I'm like, I used to wonder when, when do they put this? Surely they don't do this in the dark. Maybe they do. I've never caught, I say never. I've only caught them once or twice putting a few things out. And I know they've got plastic bins. Makes sense. Critters can't get to them if they're in plastic bins. So they've got these plastic bins. And you and I both know they don't give those things away. And so they've got these big tubs, these big plastic tubs with lids on them that they've got all this stuff stored. And I'm like, you know, even if I had the money and I bought all the stuff and I had the space and I stored all the stuff That's, that still means I got to dig it out and I got to put it up. I got to set it all up. And then when the holiday is over and many of these holidays are like a day or a weekend when it's over, I got to break it all down, pack it all up. I mean, you know how many holidays I would do that for? Yeah. Zero. You were guessing one. No, I wouldn't even make it to one. Decorative items. And then there's all the little knickknacks. I don't think it's possible to be an old person and not have knickknacks. Says the guy in the yellow studio who's surrounded by knickknacks. Toys and figurines. and I like mine. And I really loved, I loved, I loved going to my grandparents' 
because they had them and some of the little figurines, you know, the little, the little houses and, and little, I don't know if were they porcelain or whatever they were made of. And they were kind of these little scenes, you know, it was a little cabin, had little chairs out for, and it was all one piece. It wasn't, it wasn't that sophisticated. I would prefer them a bit more sophisticated, but when I was a kid, they weren't that and hard candy. You remember hard candy and the candy had been in the bottom of the bowl for so long. It was all just one big clump. (laughs) You remember that ribbon, that hard ribbon candy. I don't know. I call it ribbon candy because it was, it was shaped like, well, when it was soft, you could tell they kind of folded it kind of like a ribbon. And then of course it got hard as a rock. Yeah. Hard candy. Who was the band? Was it Marcy playground? No, I don't tell you who it was. It was counting crows. Wasn't it? Counting crows had a song and in in an album called hard candy. Didn't they? Yeah. Hard candy. I don't know. I think of decorative items and knickknacks and I think of hard candy old computers. Now this one surprised me in making the list because like you can get anything for an old computer. I could be completely wrong about this. I just, I am painfully unaware that you can get anything for an old computer. I realize that Apple, you can trade something in, but we're talking about a computer that's kind of sort of still good. You just maybe need something bigger. When I think of old computer, I think of, well, okay, the hard drive crapped out video card went out. It, I, something of that can't possibly be worth anything. Can it? I've got a few and I'll tell you why. The only reason I've got a few is I can't seem to sync my calendar up with when the electronic get rid of it day happens in my neighborhood. Seems like once a year there's okay on this date. If you've got something, if you've got a monitor or something that you really can't put in the trash, cause it's got some, who knows, you know, it's got some kind of metallic something or other that'll destroy the planet. So it's got a, it's got to go in this special thing. And we only do that once a year. What I invariably, I find out about it the week after it happened. And so I, I've got an old iMac in the garage. I've got at least one old laptop, a Sony Vio laptop. And that's the only reason I've got them. I've only got them because I can't seem to hit this particular day that I can drive less than a mile away and sit in my car and sit in line and unload it. And then they, they look at it and they throw in a big dumpster. No, you can't just throw it in a big dumpster. You used to could. You also used to be able to burn your trash if you live. Well, I guess you still can. If you live in the country, your kids toys. I don't know why this one. It's like of all the things that you could think to get rid of your kids toys. It says if you've held on to your children's toys for sentimental reasons over the years, now is the time to let go. (laughs) Some of these toys might even be considered collectibles. If that's the case, you can cash in big by selling them on eBay. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have, we had toys. We kept toys. We've still got toys for the grandkids. Um, as the kids are getting older, we, we continue to thin the herd 
and what we have done, you do what you want. What we have done is we have the ones that are in good shape, the ones that aren't, we pitch the ones that are in good shape. We give them to other little kids uh, and mostly kids that we know at church. So as couples have these kids, we're like, okay, we've got this truck. We've got this doll. We've got this, whatever we got this little baby carriage. We got nobody else that wants it. So do y'all want it? I think just recently Rhonda had a rocking horse that she'd had for years. I was, I was kind of surprised, frankly, that she got rid of it, but she said, yeah, I gave that to so-and-so. And I said, oh, really? I, okay. I mean, not like I cared. It's way too small for me. Here's one that I knew would make the list and it's high, 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 high on my list. Books, books. The article says books take up a lot of space and often sit there on shelves never to be read again. Well, that's true, 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 true. Now, here's my problem, and I've not read an article that speaks to my problem. My problem is books are a muse. So I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at the spines of books. And as I look at the spines of these books, I clearly see their title. And upon seeing their title, I'm reminded of something. They're inspirational. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that book. And I have these books organized in no particular fashion at all. And yet I know where they are. And it drives me crazy. If I'm like, it was here. I know it was here. It's not here. Usually it's because I will have loaned it to somebody. And I'm not a, I'm not a big guy on loaning books. In fact, I don't much like loaning books. I've never liked loaning out books. Well, truth be told, I've never liked loaning out anything. Uh, but I do occasionally. And I'm like, man, I know that's here. And so then I start racking my brain. Okay, who could I have loaned that to? And then I start texting people. Hey, have you got this book? No, no, I don't have it. You know. Okay, who knows? Spend a week looking for something. But it's weird how I've had these books and I've had these books and I've had these books and I've had these books. And because of that, I, I know where I just, I know where they are and I can picture them. And in looking at the spines of these books, again, they're, they, they inspire me. I get ideas. Do I go back and read them? No, the answer is no. Occasionally I'll pull one out and I may scan it. Because I'm thinking, I think, I think this particular thing might be in this book and I'll look for it. Sometimes I find it and sometimes I don't, but as far as pulling one out and saying, okay, I'm going to reread that, that I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen very often. As far as sentimental value, not, I, that's the wrong word for it. For me, it's not so much the sentimental value unless you include in sentimental value, the memory that it, that it evokes the, again, the power of the muse. If you, if you count that as sentimental, then yes, but I don't, that's not how I think about being sentimental. And the article mentioned Amazon's trade-in program. Did you know Amazon had a trade-in program? Me neither. Had no idea Amazon had a trade-in program. And how can that 
I haven't researched it. How could that possibly work? How could that possibly be worthwhile as expensive as books are to ship? Because they're, they're not lightweight. I mean, can you imagine shipping a box of books now here in the DFW area, we've got this chain of stores called half price books. You want to guess what their business model is? Yeah. The business model is they sell the books for half of list price. Well, you want to know what the real secret to their business model is? They won't give you diddly squat for your books. They'll take them, but they're not going to give you hardly. You could take a box of a hundred books to them. Uh, you might get $2 and it's like, Hmm. Okay. I see how this works. I'm smart. It's super smart. I'm not criticizing them at all. You buy the books for a few pennies. And if the list price on the book is 24 99, you tag it at 12 bucks. And if you sell it, you sell it. And if you don't, okay, you start marking it down. But I mean, even if you sold it for a dollar, it's not bad return. If you've only got two pennies in it, (laughs) you realize that at retail as true with many other businesses, it's not what you sell it for. That's not where you make your money. It's how much you pay for it. Can you buy it right? If you can buy it right, you most certainly can sell it right. So I applaud them. I applaud them as a, as a book owner. I don't applaud them at all. I think they're absolutely ripoff artists, but as a business, I applaud the business model. It works. I just happen. I happen to love books. And I'm sitting here thinking there's some good books here. There's some good books here. What do you mean? I mean, come on. There's a hundred books here. Yeah. I can give you two and a half dollars. You're like, man, and of course, by then, see, you've schlepped them all the way down there. You've, you've, unlu- you've lugged this big, heavy box or boxes out of your car. And at that point, you're just like, yeah, just give me the, give me the $2 and 50 cents. I'm out of here. Collectibles and antiques. Rhonda's got some. I don't, she's got some collectibles. I, well, she's got, a, she's got a few antiques, uh, and she's, I don't think she's looking to sell the collectibles so much as she's, she might be looking to sell a piece or two of what I would consider our antique thing. She's got like a sewing machine, for instance, one of those old sewing machines. And you, you kind of, I don't know, you put your feet on this thing on this contraption at the bottom and you kind of, you know, you rock it back and forth and that's how, that's what powers the machine. And it it completely works and it's pristine like you sure you want to sell that? Yeah, yeah, I don't have any place for it. I don't need it. The collectible stuff that she's got is she's got she's got some dolls and and they're they're worth some money and they're appreciating and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, unless you just want to get rid of it, why? Why? I mean, even if you're downsizing, you're not talking about something that's going to okay, well we're going to have to have a whole we got to have a whole another wing to the house to house I get that some people, their collectibles can be, okay, they have this massive collection and they need four rooms for it. That's just not our case. So, And I do get that sometimes, okay, somebody, they've spent their life collecting certain things and they, they've enjoyed it 
and they even currently enjoy it, but they would rather have the money to do something else now instead of the, okay, I get it. I get it. Extra luggage. (laughs) Good time to sell it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. What is old luggage worth? Now, if it's classic, worth something. They also list handbags. Okay, I got it. I don't have any of those either. Sports equipment. I'm guessing that that could apply to some people. I'm thinking of some people that have commented to me how they used to play golf. They don't play golf anymore. They used to snow ski. They don't do that anymore. They used to water ski. They don't do that anymore. And yet they've got that equipment. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, if it's, if it's something that's got any value at all. Yeah. Why not? Are you seeing a theme here? The theme is if you don't want it and it has some value, sell it. If it doesn't pitch it, throw it away, donate it. Sports equipment, old cell phones. I'm like, really? You, you really think you're going to get something for an old cell phone? I don't think so. I don't think so. I couldn't even trade in my old iPhone. I got the, I got, I don't know, months and months ago, I got the iPhone. I got the 13 mini because I got tired of the big screen. I wanted something that was smaller that would fit in my pocket easier to carry. And it's great. I love the form factor, but I had an iPhone six plus. Well, guess what? It was too old. I couldn't even get a, I could get nothing for it. If you think half price books has got a a business model, I couldn't even get a dollar, (laughs) nothing. It was worth nothing. Absolutely nothing. Got nothing for it. I got, I got it sitting right behind me. You know why? Yeah. Because I keep missing that day that you can get rid of your electronics. So it's, it's sitting here in the queue. Speaking of which other unused electronics. Now I can tell you, count me in. I've got those. I've got, I've got way too much old unused analog electronics and I need to just ditch it and get rid of them. Here's another one that hits me CDs. Well, they list DVDs, not so much DVDs, but CDs. Yeah, I got them. Now here's the problem with CDs is if you haven't ripped them, as they say, meaning if you have not downloaded them onto a hard drive for easier storage, then you got to do that. If you want to live by the letter of the law, ownership is in the CDs. Okay, are the CD police going to come and arrest you? Probably not. But if you want to be completely legal about this, if you if you own the CD, you rip it to your hard drive. Technically, I think, I'm not an attorney and I don't play one on TV or in podcasting, but I think technically you ought to hang on to the CD because there's where the ownership is. So I bought the CD. I own the CD. 
doesn't mean I own the music on the CD to do anything that I wish, but I can listen to this thing and I own it because I paid for it, but it's now on this digital device. It's now on this hard drive, but I've got thousands of CDs. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what to do. And it's not like they take up a ton of space, but they take up some space and it's not like I'm putting my hands on them because I don't put my hands on them. I think I've got most of it ripped to a hard drive, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Cause I didn't, cause I wasn't all that systematic about it. And I used to have it all. Do you database your books? Do you database CDs? Do you database any of the stuff like that? I don't do books, but I did do CDs and I did it for years. And I used a program on my Mac called FileMaker Pro. I don't know if FileMaker Pro is even still available, but after the last iteration of the Macs, my version of FileMaker Pro stopped working. So I don't have the database anymore. So I don't have a clue. Try to alphabetize thousands of CDs if you don't already have them databased. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to find it. So I had this little program and I invested in a little barcode reader, a little uh, USB, super cheap, a little cheap barcode reader. And I thought, okay, that, that, that might be, that, that might do the trick. Okay. Guess what? Yeah. I got a bunch of CDs that don't have barcodes. <laughs> so, so much for that. That didn't work. And I'm, I, I keep looking at this big tower of cds that i've got and i'm like there's no way there's 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 no way i'm ever going to be able to sort those things so i've got everything on apple itunes and i'm not sure if that's the best method but that's what i that's what i use and occasionally i'll grab one and i'll up and yeah i got an outboard cd there's the other thing you got to have something that computers don't have cd readers in them anymore or CD recorders. So I've got this outboard one that I've had that works perfectly fine. But so I got, I'll go grab the CD. I'll put it in the CD player and it automatically opens iTunes. And if it's already in iTunes, it will tell me, do you want to overwrite this? Okay. Well, good to know. You know what a hassle it would be to say, I don't know, try to grab 3,000, 3,500 CDs and one at a time, insert them in there and just see, you know, cause I don't know if I, I don't know if I've already ripped this thing to iTunes or not. I'm like, I ain't got time for that. Kitchen appliances. You never use how many kitchen appliances do you have that you actually use? Okay. Your coffee maker mixer. How often do you even use your mixer? You probably don't even use a mixer very often. I mean, if you're like me, I mean, give me a good bowl and a, what do they call those things? A whisk. Is that what they call these? You know what I'm talking about? Rhonda will make a, a cake or cupcakes every now and again. And I'm talking pff, twice a year, usually for some get together or something at work. I'll, I'll see the mixer come out. She makes bread. She makes rolls and stuff. She's got a bread machine for that. Okay. So she uses that and not just kitchen appliances, but think about cookware. 
do you have pots and pans that they haven't seen water or food in years? Yeah, so do we. So do we. I mean, it's just, you open the cabinets and it's like, got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of cookware and stuff that's just hasn't seen the light of day in forever. Glassware. Glassware and fine china. Yeah, our hands are in the air. We got a lot of both. Got a lot of both. Jewelry you no longer wear. I don't wear jewelry. I got a wedding ring and I got a really high, high, high end $24 Timex. That's my jewelry. So the answer is, well, I don't have any. And Rhonda doesn't have much more than I've got. Oh, I know. I can hear you. I hear the judgment. You're looking down on me now. What? Your wife doesn't have jewelry. You haven't bought your wife jewelry? Musical instruments. I've only got one. And I confess I have thought about selling it. It's a guitar. It's an acoustic guitar. I just, I can't bring myself to do it. There's a lot of reasons behind it that I won't go into, but. It's not because I know that I'm going to one day learn it because that ain't going to happen. It's kind of, it's like the books. It's a muse. It sits over there and I see it in the case. And occasionally I open the case and look at it on rare occasions. I take it out of the case and I strum it. (laughs) Doesn't happen very often, but it's a bit of a muse for me. Power tools. Okay. Other than lawn care, we don't have any. Well, they list lawn care separate. Yeah. Okay. If you're moving from a house to an apartment, okay, well, you don't need the leaf blower. You don't need the weed eater. You don't need the lawnmower. You don't need the gas can. Well, okay. You might could still use the gas can, but for your car or something, but power tools. Do I look like a power tool guy? Listen, I'm lucky if I can put my hands on a really good Phillips head screwdriver camping equipment. Okay. Well, that does not apply to me. (laughs) I don't know where I posted it. I think I posted it at the Facebook group for this podcast that I do for Arkansas. It's got the, it's this, it's this gorgeous, glamorous coach, like a country music star would travel around in. And I think the meme, I think it says, okay, okay, okay. I'll go camping. (laughs) I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those big buses. I don't know how many that was that they listed 25 things to sell when you're ready to retire. I said 57 cause there's bound to be at least twice as many as what they listed. And I, and I think there, I think there are, they listed work clothes, but they didn't list other clothes. And I would suspect that work clothes is a less popular selection than just say clothes, you no longer wear or clothes you can no longer fit in. It's like, okay. Are you one of these people? Okay. This section right here, this is my fat section. This is my super fat section. This is my thin section. Have you got your closet sectioned out like that? I, I don't mine's all just, this is all just part of the fat collection. Okay. Some is fatter than others, but, and, and I've got stuff. I've got a, I had a t-shirt the other day. I dug a t-shirt out and it had been, and I threw it in the wash. 
and it came out and I'm like, man, this thing still just kind of smells musty. I've washed this thing four times. I've washed it in. I've, I've put all kind of fabric softener. I've put vinegar, right? I put this white vinegar and no, I mean, it's like, how, how does this thing still smell like it has been in storage for a decade, which it has. And I'm like, well, I just, I'm just, I'm going to have to burn it. It looks perfectly nice. And I know it's clean because it's been washed and washed and washed and washed and washed again. But I, it's like, I, I can't possibly wear this thing. The odor, it's not, you know, it's not, yeah, it is offensive. I started to say it's not terribly offensive, but it, it is, a, it's just musty. It just smells musty. I'm wondering how many clothes do I have? that are that are musty like that and some of these things are probably you know sport coats and stuff that i mean you, how many times would you have to run that thing to the dry cleaners in hopes that you can get that stench out of the thing again i i'm a firm believer in fire okay or a dumpster i mean some of this stuff we'd just be better off to just set it on fire just burn it get rid of it who cares? I think my logic is, is completely valid and sound. If I haven't touched it in a year, I could just, if, if I don't throw it away, Rhonda could throw it away. I will never know the difference. Maybe that would be the ideal. The ideal is for us to throw each other's stuff away. The problem with that is you don't know. I have no way of knowing if she's touched it or laid eyes on it in a, in a year, she would have to tell me. So we kind of have to go through our own stuff. But that's my barometer. What do I need it for? I've got books on my bookshelf. I haven't read them in years. And whatever this emotional thing that I got where I view them as a muse and some source of inspiration, well, okay, if they aren't there, how big of an impact is that really going to make on my life? And the answer is the freedom that I'm probably going to feel in not being surrounded by clutter I think, I'm just speculating, I think will grossly outweigh any inspiration I might get because I'm looking at a bunch of books that I'm never going to read again. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think my intuition is right about this one. So I think if I'm sitting in a yellow studio and I've got my Ballard Street prints and I've got some books some, if I be, if I'm really selective and I'm like, okay, can I narrow it down to two shelves, four shelves? What would that be like? And what would those books be? If I could do that? Hmm. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, the one thing I'm craving super duper craving is freedom. funny how over time the possessions possess us
I look around at stuff and I think, you know, there was a time when I was, I craved that. I mean, I like pull any random book off of a shelf and I'm going to tell you, I wanted that book. I wanted that book at one point. I wanted it enough to buy it. I wanted it enough to read it. But with things like books, it's like, and I did buy it and I did read it. It's done. Those of us that love books, I can't explain it. We all get it. Those of you that don't, I don't know how to help you get it. There are times I wish I didn't have it, whatever it is, but. Turning a page, man. It is not for the faint of heart. So if you want to bash old folks and say, ah, you know, they get stuck and they can't change. Yeah. You're not talking to the right old people. Older people. You're not talking to people in their 50s and 60s. Yeah, my parents are in their 90s. I get it. They're there. But when you're in your 90s, well, shoot fire. Life's a grind and you just you just want to get through it and try to enjoy another day. It's not about decluttering and getting on to the next phase of life. It's an endurance contest at that point. And that sounds terribly depressing. I don't mean it that way because it's really not. It's just we make the most of today and it's not about, okay, we're going to sweat bullets by getting rid of stuff. But those of us that are a few decades ahead of that, we're like, yeah, okay. These are the times to sweat a few bullets, get it how we want to leaning toward wisdom.com is the website. My name is Randy Kentrell. Greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio.